So this idea of, of reducing a baby to just its core parts of cells, this is a, this is a dangerous, dangerous way to define, to define humans. Welcome to Switching Lenses, a podcast that takes current issues and events within the culture and defends the Christian position from an apologetical and biblical lens. Now, here are your hosts, Shane Skirvin and Josh Phillips. Welcome, everybody, to the Switching Lenses podcast. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we started this topic of abortion, and now we are in part three. Today, we are wrapping up the conversation. This is the final part. So without any further ado, let's jump right in. You know, there's another side to that. And I know we, we kind of have a, a special section of this of this whole uh, this whole discussion set aside for a message of hope. But I kind of want to, I'd like to take this time right here to offer a little encouragement, though, just given what we're, the subject matter we're talking about. And I think sometimes it's that idea of maybe a, t- a tainted baby or a dirty baby, however, however, whatever, however, whatever phrase you want to use her. But I also think it's too that it's more of the sort of the set of circumstances. It's like, this isn't the person that I wanted to procreate with. This wasn't definitely not under the circumstances. Cause I mean, I don't know if we said it clearly enough. This was rape was a, is a terrible, horrible thing. It's a completely yes. immoral should be severely punished you know, kind of type of action. Okay. Let's just make that perfectly clear. So, you know, all, all, all the sympathy in the world for the, the women who have unfortunately have had to have had to go through that. But what I would like to say as a just, you know, a few words of encouragement to that is I know it, it's not a case of rape. I want to make this perfectly clear that this was this is not a case of rape, but there are some, <clears throat> some similarities to the circumstances. And I think about when I think about the Bible, I think of Mary and how Mary had a child in her and, you know, she was a teenager. She was unwed like that right there enough. That's enough right there to be shunned by the majority of society. I mean, she, this was not probably how she planned things to go. Uh, she did not want to come off that way to other people. She didn't want to be walking around pregnant with everybody knowing full well she wasn't married. Of course, it's a different society than today. Today, it's a little more acceptable. But back then, it absolutely was not acceptable. And, and people could still do math back then. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so, so it's that point. I mean, like Mary went through quite a bit of social, uh, I don't want I don't oppressions too, too strong of a word, but I'm sure she went through some very, very difficult times from other people. I'm sure people really mistreated her and Joseph as well. Uh, Joseph was willing to quietly divorce her and really try, try to minimize the damage here. Uh, although he, he was instructed not to, not to do that, but there, but that's like a perfect example of somebody, you know, like was, was actually carrying something amazing Although at the same time, they're facing some very, some difficult social situations. So I hope that would be an encouragement to anybody that maybe, maybe felt that way, that they would be sort of the scorn, scorn in some way. This would be not because it didn't go the way they planned it. This is like a plan B or plan C or plan F. Let's just go plan F. Nobody plans that. Sorry, I should should reword that. That's a plan F. Uh, Nobody wants that at all. Um, but I also want to say, I also add one other part to that. And one of the things I noticed when I read about Jesus, when I read about how he engaged people and the message that he gave to others, it was, 
as you know, we we borrow this this phrase from I'm not I'm sure a lot of people say this, but from the Bible Project, this idea of the upside down kingdom. It's like everything that Jesus preached, everything that he called people to be, it sort of went a went in the face of human rationale. So it kind of pushed up against. It almost didn't make sense in a way. It didn't, the way that humans would lean, he kind of called people to go the other way with it. And I say that because in our eyes, it might seem like, oh, you know, a, an awful thing happened. And yes, an awful thing would happen if somebody was raped. But that doesn't mean that God can't take that awful thing and make something absolutely beautiful. You know, his word says that he makes beauty from ashes. <laughs> and to the women out there who maybe have experienced that and are maybe wrestling in their head right now, should should I abort this child? Should I not? Let me encourage you, please, that that baby, like we've been saying, that baby is valuable. God can take something, a truly terrible situation, and make something truly, truly beautiful come out of it. Shane, did you want to, I don't know if you had anything wow, to that. No, I, I don't know if I can okay. add anything to that. That's a, that's a, a fantastic... Uh, point, Josh. So let's go to our last criticism of those who oppose abortion. This last one, um, another pretty common one, I think, is the the phrase or the saying, that's not a life, it's a clump of cells. So many will say that that's not a human life in that woman's belly, in that, in that woman's womb. That's just a collocation of cells. Shane, what's the danger in that? <laughs> Yeah, um, I would I mean, have to you, say you hinted at this earlier, though you were using the word reductionism earlier. Yeah, well, and in really, you can reduce anyone's life to a clump of cells. And I mean, and you and so I are both I, clump of cells, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I think, you know, this gets on dangerous territory, and this is why I love how this when we talk about abortion, you know, it's also touching on euthanasia, people with disabilities. You know, all of those issues are addressed by if people are made in the image of God, if they have a value that is absolutely, it's rooted in the absolute, and it's not based on their ability to be productive or add value or what level of value, you know, you start, you end up with a caste system, you know, you Mm -hmm. end up with uh, different levels of humanity. And to me that you're on the gates, uh, I would say both historically and from a, a Christian point of view, you're at the gates of hell when you mm-hmm. enter. You know that's very, very dangerous territory, reducing people down to um, function. And and really, let's let's be honest. We all of us go through a stage when we're born where we don't add much value and ability, mm-hmm. and then all of us are headed to a stage where we won't add a lot of value or productivity. And you know, so we're not. All of us are involved in this story. Every one of us have a dog in this fight. You know, do we really want to start valuing people's lives based on ability and their worth, you know, um, based on that? You know, that's that's a that's a very dangerous, I mean, that phrase slippery slope gets used a lot, but there's a reason why it gets used a lot. It's it's it, you're on dangerous ground when you start reducing people down. You know, it, that this can be justification for a lot of terrible things and has been justification. It has been, yes. Has been justification for a lot of terrible things. So yeah, I, I still am going to always put my flag on that scripture in Genesis, that, that idea that we're made in the image of God. I just, I, like we, I said before, and I think you would agree with this, Josh, literally every good thing flows from that stream, you know, that we mm-hmm. are created by God. Yeah, um, you're absolutely right. This idea of reductionism, 
Man, I mean, you can use that. Uh, by, by the way, should we define reductionism? I don't know. Sure, we, we use absolutely. That term. Yeah, yeah. It's that idea of reducing people down to what? What would you say, Josh? To or really a, anything? To a, yeah. To to to, to base base parts. Yeah. So and, we, yeah, we could say that any person is just if we want to keep going with it, just a collocation of atoms. So I can say, yeah. so Shane, I, I can go stab my neighbor to death and say, why did you kill that person? I I just I just stabbed the collocation of atoms. What are you, what are you getting upset about? I don't understand. When we, we when you divorce, it's going back to value again. When you divorce the value, when you, when you break when you when you break somebody down and limit them just to a physical structure, just to to their physical structure, and get and, and there's no more value outside of that. That's reductionism. Yeah, and 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 really, it, it makes love a chemical reaction. It it takes away free <laughs> yeah. will, right? People don't. Oh, yeah. Everything's determined. No one. There is no. Then you get rid of the justice system because people don't know better and can do better. They are just what? How did Dawkins put it? Dancing to their own DNA. Yep. The rapist, the murderer. Mm-hmm. The murderer is just. Excuse me. Is just dancing to their own DNA. So really, do we need to try them, or do we just give them chemicals and put them, lock them away in asylum? You know, you you you. Why do we even have trials then if people don't mm-hmm. know better? You know, so you really you make a mockery of not just the biblical worldview, but the world as we have known it, right? Reductionism, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons I don't like it. It flies in the face of of known history. Because otherwise, you know, you still have to cage wild animals and you have to cage wild people, but they you, there was no morality involved, right? They they mm-hmm. couldn't do any better, they didn't know any better. Yeah. I mean, too, like I mean, human rights is such a big topic. Has this? I mean, Black Lives Matter, right? That's I mean, you're saying that you know black people are they're 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 valuable. We said, but if somebody wants to come down and pull some sort of reductionist argument of some kind, some really 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 you know dumb argument, you know, then they can then try to just like like you said, all of human history, people have used reductionism, reduced people down to something less than their actual value, and done horribly heinous things. As a result, uh, and people, you see it just even in in discussions. One of the quickest way is to dehumanize someone. So you stop using their name. You're like that person, or that you know your sister, or your you know you start mm-hmm. you start. It literally starts with devaluing them from their identity and from their value. You know, then you start using slurs, right? Like you yep. see this pattern that always plays out in human culture and history with devaluing people before you kill them. Yep. So this idea of, of reducing a baby to just its core parts of cells, this is a, this is a dangerous, dangerous way to define, to define humans. So, all right, Shane. Hey, what? Well, Go ahead. I have to say, so that idea that I don't have the, the, economic resources to raise that child so it would be bad so it based on that argument is that it's immoral to bring a child into a situation where you can't take care of them you know it's literally you're putting you're taking the value away when they're unborn and then you're adding the value back when they're born yeah you know it's it's a it's a shell game right when you when you're doing that So Shane, as as those who are like you and you and myself, we're anti-abortion. We think we, we think it's a it's an awfully horrible horrible idea to murder the unborn or anybody for that matter. Anybody. Yes. Um, 
but let's what's and, th- and this is a largely you know given that we're Christians and that's that's the worldview that we're coming from. I you know in in, in studying for this and thinking about this and you know, praying over this and really deciding what, what to talk about, you know, really, I think it'd be really important for us to tell you, okay, what can Christians do? Because a lot of Christians get criticized on taking the stance they do uh, of being anti-abortion, that they only care about life before the womb. They don't care about life after the womb. So I thought we could take a couple minutes here. Let's kind of talk about like, if a Christian's going to hold that view that all life is valuable, before the womb and after the womb, then we need to make sure we're consistent in all of this. And so some people will say like, well, you know, okay, that's fine. You want me to have my baby? I'll have my baby. But I'm in like, okay, going to the argument we brought up multiple times. Hey, I'm in a tough financial spot right now. You know, what what, what do I do? Um, I don't have, you know, the guy's gone and skipped out on me. You know, I'm raising this kid by myself. I I don't know what to do. Like those types of responses, because those are pretty common. And I thought maybe we could take some time here and kind of uh, get into those. I know I'll start with me. Um, I know something I believe really should be done. And I'm, I'm hoping this is going to be happening uh, maybe as a result of this case, of, the, of this ruling, I'm hoping. But I really would like to see churches get more involved. And it doesn't have to be just churches, but ministry groups can do this too. But I'd like to see the churches get involved with maybe raising money to... Um, for a variety of things. It could be there's there are some there's a lot of people out there that want to would love to adopt some of these kids, but they just don't have the money to do it. It's such a such an expensive process. I think it'd be awesome if churches said, hey, let's let's raise some money. Uh, let's create a fund. And anytime you want to give to it, you can give to it. And if we come across somebody that really wants to adopt a child from somebody who can't raise a child, we can fund it for them. I think it'd be a great idea. Uh, Josh, I think that is a, a fantastic idea, and I completely agree with you. The economics have to be shared for this, and this has to be our position has to be pro-wife from, as we say, con- from conception uh, to death, right? To natural mm-hmm. death. And so, I, yeah, I completely agree. The Christians, both as the church, the big capital C church, as well as the local church, and like you said, parachurch organizations, and even uh, nonprofits that share this this view you know we as mm-hmm. a society we need to undergird and build a, a bulwark against death in all of its forms mm-hmm. and so pro-life you know it, it involves being able to feed and to educate and to provide opportunities you know and you see this in the old testament in the laws of israel this idea that as a society we protect the quartet right Mm-hmm. The uh, the immigrant, uh, Josh, the widow, the orphan, the um, what's the fourth group? The poor. The poor. Yeah. This idea that as a society, we have a structure in place to look after the most vulnerable. Even the critics of Christianity, like we we're saying with Nietzsche, they hated this about us is we we undergirded the weak and allowed them to live. And we said there was no difference between the, the weak and the strong as far as their value. And that's truly countercultural. And so, yes, I completely agree. And that's what I personally do. I work for a parachurch organization that reaches oh, yeah. out to uh, young people and marginalized youths. And, you know, in many cases, abuse is, is, is horrible. And that's a part of many kids' story, stories. But what I didn't know until I did this type of work was that for every case of abuse, 
there's, it feels like there's nine cases of neglect and uh, marginalization and just no support or structure for these young people. And so, yes, I, I completely agree with you. We need to just keep spreading wider and wider our arms and our hands to embrace the weakest and the most vulnerable of our society. And, you know, that's a society that you really want to be a part of. You know, that's, yeah. that's a society where everyone's hand is uh, helping their brother or sister. I mean, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And really, that's at the heart of, that's just why people are attracted to socialism, is that idea, you know, the moral reasoning that we have in us that we want to help people, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's spread really wide. I mean, people that are on different sides politically, they might disagree on how to, but there's still this idea that we don't want to leave people behind. And, you know, and I, I think that's important to, I think that's broad enough principle as a society we can get behind, right? It doesn't matter left or right. That's a right or wrong issue um, as far as taking care of the weak and the vulnerable. Everyone should be behind that view. I feel like a lot of people, I mean, women and children first, right? When the, sink, yes. when, when the ship yes. is sinking. Yeah, absolutely. So it should be so rich, poor, everyone should be behind that idea. You know, that's one of the things that bugged me the most about the Rosa Parks story is how a man would ask a woman to get up. You know, I mean, that's that story is it's wrong with the racism, but it's also wrong with that. You know, it's so anti chivalry, which at the heart of chivalry was this idea that the strong protect the weak, which is a whole nother whole nother episode. We're unfortunate we're facing in some circumstances today, but now you're absolutely right. You know, I mean, that's, that's kind of the other side of it too. It's not only just the adoption side, but it's also churches. It's, or just Christians. Just, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't take an organization. It's, I mean, we need the organizations, but even if you're not a part of one or your church isn't doing one, you can always, if you know somebody, you know, if you, if you know a, a young mom or a struggling mom who's had a kid, I mean, just doing simple things like, Hey, can I make you dinner? I just want to make, drop this off. Um, you know, something, um, a church I, I used to, I, I visited for a short time once. They had this thing that was really cool. And I mean, it's, it's just kind of like one little thing that they, they did, but they would all, and this was, this wasn't just to people in the circumstances that we're describing. It was really for anybody, but it was, it was directed at those who were struggling. But on like these random Friday nights, they would, they really were asking, Hey, all you single moms out there, uh, why don't bring your kids up here to the church? We're going to have a bunch of workers here. We're going to watch them. You know, you go, if you need to go do some grocery shopping, you just want to relax and read a book at your place, whatever you want to do, let, let us help out. And it was something small, but it was so cool though. And I love, and just, and that's something a little, I mean, even again, it doesn't take a church or an organization to do that. It's if we, if we, if we're reaching out to people we know, and uh, if we have someone in our neighborhood or somebody we know that's, they could use some help and do some simple things like that. You know, that's something easy we can do. Yeah. And you know, Josh, and, and, and it's well said, you're saying doing it in a structured way and an, an unstructured way. I mean, both are possible. There's also pregnancy centers. I know the particular ministry that I'm involved with, we overlap with a pregnancy center. And then we have a, a parents division where we help young uh, women find resources and structure and support for, especially when they're single moms or they're younger. Mm-hmm. And so there is both the formal and like you said, the, the, less formal way of doing it through, you know, just through friends and family. And so you're exactly right. It takes both. And you know what? Everyone is in this fight. Everyone has a mm-hmm. stake. Yep. Uh, when those, when kids are unguided, they can get in so much terrible situations. And then that affects all of us. 
I mean, really, mm. we, we say this is the right thing to do, but it's also the plan that reveals the greatest wisdom, right? Because yes. we, if you're going to live in a community, you are affected by that community. You're affected by the weakest. Like one of the reasons we uphold the weakest is so they don't get turned aside into a dark way that then in turn affects other people, right? And pulls other people mm-hmm. down. And so, yeah, it's really a beautiful vision of life, right? Pluro life is a beautiful vision of life and it means embracing people and pulling people up. I mean, it really, there's, to me, there's no other way to live. I mean, uh, this idea that you're, that selfishness is going to just separate you and you're just going to get your own piece of the pie. I mean, that is a terrible way to live and it's not the biblical way. You're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, and like you said, it's a, it's a community thing. It it, it involves all of us and there's also, there's something that all of us can do and it's not just left to organizations, but we can all do something. Well, Shane, let's kind of uh, finish this whole topic up, this whole talk we've had. And, um, you know, we talked about this, we, we said, you know what, we can't, we can't finish this thing without offering a message of hope and redemption. And uh, do you want to start us off here? Yes. So in my personal friends and family, there is multiple women who have had abortion. And um, it's, you know, never as a Christian, we always, you know, anytime we bring up morality, we never bring it up apart from grace and forgiveness and redemption. And for every man that's pressured a woman to have abortion, uh, every woman that's had an abortion, um, every man that's walked out on a woman that um, got pregnant, you know, there is forgiveness for both the man and the woman. And, you know, this is, uh, we never ever want to bring up and say something's wrong without saying that there is, that there's not forgiveness and not grace and redemption. All of us do things that kill people. Jesus said, when you hate people in your heart, it's the same as murder. I mean, all of us have had terrible thoughts and destructive things. Some of us have acted on them. Some of us haven't. But Jesus says all of us have fallen short, right, in our spirits and in our bodies. And so when we talk about something being wrong, there's always grace and forgiveness in Jesus. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, I'm reminded of at my church a couple weeks ago, and a guy got up and he was he was kind of closing out the worship time and uh, was gonna give say a short little something uh, as people kind of sat back down to get to start the sermon and everything. But he before he started though at the very beginning he was talking about he just sort of kind of confessed that when he was younger he was a, a part of an abortion. He had gotten a, a girl pregnant and. And they had had an abortion. And, you know, he admits this in front of the whole church. And you know, But the reason why he brought it up, he was saying that he had received forgiveness for that. He That was something, you know, that he had, he had turned away from, had had asked for forgiveness and received forgiveness. And was talking about how awesome. he lived with, and he lived with shame for a long time, he said. But he said when he was truly received forgiveness, that's when the shame, the shame was gone. And he was up there giving his testimony as to, uh, the, the freedom that he experienced. And that's something that that everybody can experience. Well, yeah, whether, I mean, ideally for a woman, because she's the one that goes through this. But yeah, like you said, some guys are a part of this too. And maybe they're experiencing a little bit of shame because they went along with it. And uh, like you said, Shane, forgiveness is offered for everyone. Uh, there's nothing so wrong that you could do that Jesus would not forgive you for that. If we just simply repent and ask for that forgiveness. If we turn away with true, true, true sorrow, 
asking for true forgiveness, he can grant that. And just in the same way we would say abortion's wrong because you're made in the image of God, the person that did the abortion is made in the image of God. Yep. So it's it's hypocritical to say one person, you know, has done something that they're so damaged that they can't be, you know, we're all made in the image of God. And Jesus came for every one of us, right? Yeah. Like, and so yeah, that same argument that everyone has value and everyone can be redeemed, you know, so we, we would say that's across the board. Uh, that's true about every person, any man, woman, or child at any time, because it's about Jesus, they can lift up their head and be saved. And uh, that means heaven should be filled with good, bad, and every other kind of person, right? Yep, you're right. That's a great way to end it there, Shane. That's a great way to put it there. Well, we're going to go and wrap this episode up. We went long on this one. I kind of wondered how many episodes we're going to have, and yeah, we're going to have a few on this one. We went a long time. So, uh, Shane, uh, as always, you know, thank you for joining me. This is great. We we really want to talk about this. This is a relevant issue. This is a big issue. We kind of we were talking about doing some other stuff. It's like, you know what? Hey, let's put that other stuff to the side. This needs to be talked about. We need to talk about all these little elements we talked about today. So uh, again, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Always, as always, Josh, I have a great time. And everybody, of course, you can reach us on social media, all the various platforms. You can email the show at feedback at switchinglensespodcast.com with any comments, questions you'd like to leave us. You can always again, find us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us. Uh, We will see you next time.